Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austrian Podcast. You can find me on Google Podcasts, Spotify and others. Or my website is www.freedomonline.blog That's freedomonline.blog Where you see all my latest podcasts. Thanks for listening. Capitalists. It's the amateur Austrian here. Today, I thought I'd talk about essential workers. What makes some people essential and some non-essential? And how does how does that make you feel if you're if you're the non-essential worker? If you're the essential worker, you say, well, I'm all right, Jack. I can uh, carry on doing what I'm doing. And, and of course, I'm essential. Of course, I'm more important. And my job's very important. I, you know, save lives or work at Bunnings. I was absolutely disgusted and horrified when I saw, read in the paper and read on the internet or however I found out that certain people, certain special people, essential people were allowed into Bunnings at seven o'clock in the morning to do their thing and then from 8.30 onwards the rest of the common swill were allowed to shop at Bunnings and I it didn't take me long to work out that I was non-essential. So what does that really mean? And how do you define essential? How do you know whether you're essential? How, and who decides who's essential? That's the question. And of course, we all know the answer. It's a faceless, nameless bureaucrat in some government department that sits there all day and says, uh, these people are essential, this work is essential, and the rest, well, that, that doesn't matter so much. We can just close them down. And this is central planning at its height. I, I, I very much hope so. I don't want, I wouldn't like to see central planning get any higher, any more central planning, and we are the Soviet Union. We already have, in this country, arbitrarily high uh, minimum wages. We have controls on, on who gets paid what, which causes distortions and unemployment. And, and the, the people of this country have just been letting these central planners stick their nose under the tent and get their foot in the door for years. And they have just gone, okay, that's the rules. You've got to follow the rules. 
and not really critically thought about who might be making such rules and why we survive for so long without the rules and we became prosperous despite our overlords controlling of us or, or attempting to control. And what did we do in Australia once upon a time? We just ignored the central planets. We said, yes, 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 that's a lovely law, but that doesn't really work in, in, uh, in practicality. So we'll just, we'll just ignore it, basically, and carry on doing what we need to do. But as the government, the central planners, have stacked themselves in their own favour, as they have hope, opened up whole new departments and, and, and the people have cheered them on. We need this, we need that, and we need the government to save us. We end up in a dystopian nightmare where some faceless, nameless bureaucrat sitting in an office, just like we used to poke fun at the Soviet Union for, when I grew up at school, we knew, we were taught at school, how bad things were in the, in the Soviet Union. Don't look past the propaganda that there's nothing on the shelves because everyone's so rich in the Soviet Union. Look, look past that lie and see that there is no goods and services be, and, and that that makes you poor. Having lots of currency in your account does not make you rich. Being able to buy a lot of stuff with it makes you rich. If there is no stuff on the shelf to buy, you are dirt poor, just like the millionaire next to you. So for years, we knew that the Soviet Union was a Ponzi scheme, was a centrally planned nightmare in which people lined up for bread. And if, and if I heard this the other day, someone said, People used to just line up as George Gammon. All credit to George Gammon. People used to see a line in the Soviet Union and they'd stand in it without even asking what they were lining up for because they knew that it was better than nothing. Whatever they were going to get, whatever they, whenever they saw a line, they knew, okay, that's something people want. So they just lined up for it so they could get it. They had the money to pay for it in their pocket. At all times, they had money, they had currency, I should say, they had rubles, but they did not have anything to buy normally. So it's, it's you know, getting back, I digress, getting back to the essential workers. So who's essential and where do you draw the line? Obviously, obviously coffee shops and cafes are not essential because they were the first to be shut down and, and I'm a real estate salesman. We were considered essential, but with restrictions. We couldn't have open homes. We had to have one person every four square metres and all sorts of unworkable, rubbish, ridiculous. And of course, we, we have electricity at the moment and we have the internet. So we can get around it. We can take videos and show people through a house. But it... You know, you really don't know until you smell the flowers. You, you don't know 
what the neighbor's house looks like. You don't know, you know, that there's a bunch of shitheads up on the corner that'll throw stones at your car when you go past when you buy this house. There's all sorts of things you don't know by watching a, a, a video or doing some sort of a, a FaceTime walkthrough. But we were able to operate. And I was disgusted, absolutely disgusted. So on one hand, I was an essential worker that was allowed to keep operating. Uh, but I wasn't counted. Uh, there was even more essential workers that had to have government uniforms on, like ambulance officers, doctors, uh, and so forth, that were allowed to shop in Bunnings from 7 till 8.30. And that, the, that you were just made to feel that you were not important. And so if you really want to drive a wedge in society, you've won. Just like the terrorists when they bombed the Twin Towers, won. They, they, they made it so everyone gets strip searched at the airport for, for forever and a day from there on. They made air flight uncomfortable, inconvenient and crap, basically. And controlled by soldiers. So that you can't take your nail clippers or your, you know, or your, 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 your paring knife on the plane. You can't even have it in, in your luggage, you know, down in the hold. Or you, it's just ridiculous what, what they've done to us, the central planners. And so now we have a divided nation of, of essential people, essential workers that know that they're essential and they're all right, Jack. And then there's the rest of us common swill who can only operate at the government's behest as if we get our freedom from government, not God or nature. As if we have to turn to the government to grant us our freedom. This is absolutely incorrect, guys. We do not, we are born free. We do not get our freedoms from the government. We are born free. But what did we do in this country and, and all around the world? We, sh we sh you know, couldn't wait to get a holiday and shut the doors and go home, or we were, we were frightened of the fines we would receive. These people have so much power that they can steal from you even more than they stole from you last year. They can threaten to steal everything and at the same time close you down and steal from you that way anyway. There was no escape. But if everyone that was told to shut down stayed open, they could never arrest all of us. And we're starting to see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel where people are, have had enough now. Unfortunately, it took to get to this and it's going to take a lot more because of the depression that was coming anyway that, 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 that was caused by the government's money printing. The depression that, that is, going, is coming upon us now 
it's going to make a lot of people very angry. And, and when enough people, when you get that critical mass, when you get enough people pissed off and the government realises they can't do anything about it, that, that they can't resist it, they have, don't have enough soldiers, they don't have enough guns, the weight of public opinion goes, if it looks like they're going to be thrown out or, or out of power, they flip on a dime and, and allow you to do what you want. And really... Everybody in the country, I knew when they cleared Bondi Beach and the people behaved and went home and did what they were told because they didn't want to fine or to be put in a cage. I knew we were, we were buggered then. I knew that we had a compliant population and a compliant population is not a recipe for success. It's not a recipe for prosperity. An individual, single-minded, even bloody-minded when it comes to dealing with the government population that will not do what they're told, they, that is a population that becomes successful, that produces a lot. Not a compliant population. A compliant population just drudges along. Uh, and uh, does not produce a, a hell of a lot of goods and services. And our standard of living is very low if we're compliant. So the essential workers that are on the government tit, the essential workers that receive the stolen loot, taken by government one day are going to realize soon that it was all a big ponzi scheme and that that and their their wages will disappear by way of inflation or deflation but their their their, their wealth will disappear their income will disappear or become useless. They might get their $3,000, $4,000, $5,000, up to $8,000 a week if you work for the government and it won't buy them a box of matches. All those essential workers will, and it's not their fault. Don't, don't, don't take this as a criticism. If you're an ambulance officer or, or a policeman or, or a doctor or a fireman, it's not your fault, but your job would be far would serve us far better if it was in the private sector. Competition would sharpen you up. It's it's lovely to just receive the wealth of the producers as wages, whether you're good or not good at what you do. That's lovely if you're on the receiving end of that. But as a whole, it's bad for society. And, and one day the essential workers will work out that the, the wages they receive, their compensation, has, has far outstripped their productivity. And then when the inflation really gets going, They'll realise that they're no better off than anyone else. 
They still can't buy anything. When the shelves are empty, the millionaires and the paupers will stand next to each other and bash on the doors of the banks and say, give us our money back. Or they will line up like in the Soviet Union for half a day for a loaf of bread. Right, standing right next to each other. One will have lots and lots of rubles in his pocket. One not many. And they will be even. The, 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 the central planners will achieve equality. But it will not be high equality. It'll be low equality. As in, everyone will be equally poor, not equally rich. So here's a shout out to all you essential workers and, and all you common swill. We are no different to each other. No one is more important than anyone else. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day.